Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Storybox where I, your host, Jay Phantom, has the utmost privilege and honour to unbox the amazing stories of some incredible people from all walks of life and experiences. I'm delighted and grateful that you're here today. Now let's dive into the story box and hear more about our guest today. Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Story Box podcast. My name is Jay Fansom. I'm your host. Hope you all are doing well, keeping safe in this in this time, and I hope you guys are really enjoying the episodes of the Story Box so far as much as I am enjoying uh, interviewing and hearing all my guests' amazing stories. This week, everyone, or this episode specifically, is a special one. I'm going to be doing things a little bit differently to the normal episodes, and that is because I have a guest that I never thought was actually possible on the story box. Now, I have grown up watching this man uh, on the big screen and the small screen as well. Joel McHale is one of Hollywood's most respected and well-known actors in the space. He's worked alongside many of the greats such as Matt Damon, Jessica Alba, Ken Jeong, and worked alongside directors like uh, Robert Rodriguez as well, the Russo brothers. Uh, Many of you would know those names. And I honestly, this is an amazing talk, amazing chat. And the reason why I kept it different was I don't, I'm not going to be doing a formal introduction here. Uh, I left in the unboxing of Joel's IMDb bio, which is quite funny. Um, what we talk about in, in that bio. So that goes for about 20 minutes. And then we dive into, I guess you could say Joel's story uh, more on a serious note, but Joel keeps it more lighthearted, which is awesome as well. Great laughs. And I hope you guys really, really enjoy this episode as much as I did uh, speaking to Joel. We are definitely going to do it again. Uh, thank you so much, Joel, for all your support as well. If you do want to support this episode and the story box as well, You can do so by sharing this episode to all your friends and family members and by leaving a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let's help change the world through powerful stories like this one. And with that being said, everyone, let's dive into the story box and hear Joel McHale's story. Well, Joel, I really appreciate your time, my friend, and really looking forward to actually speaking to you and diving into your story and why, why you do what you do. Uh, I'm a fan of the darkest timeline with you and Thank Ken. Thank you for listening and it's catching hilarious. up. It's hilarious. You guys crack me up. <laughs> right on. Two and, Americans yelling at each other. Yeah, it's funny. It's like an Aussie looking at it. It's it's almost like you throw me off my chair almost, but uh, but the amount of com- comedic relief you you put in, it's great. Oh, right on. I'll tell Ken that. I'm not kidding. It's that's cool. That uh, yeah, we've had a really good time. You both, you both are great together, seriously, with that comedic duo. It's hilarious. So, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, I always insult him and he insults me, but he's one of the funniest people on the planet. And uh, I'll hitch my wagon to that talent. And he's a very nice man. And he's, yeah, he's been a friend since 2009. So uh, when you were, you know, an infant. And uh, so he's, yeah, he's, he's, and he's a real doctor. He was a doctor for 12 years. Not a lot of people can seriously? say that. Far out. I had no oh, idea yeah. of that. Yeah. He was a full on practicing doctor and then he moved to LA and 
practicing medicine here and doing um, stand up at night. And it worked out. He quit his job during the hangover. So his hangover was really his apprising role of him becoming famous as quite an actor. Yeah, he was in um, 40 Year Old Virgin. And that kind of Judd Apatow was pretty amazing. And uh, and they cast, I mean, I mean, he's, I mean, obviously Judd Apatow is amazing, uh, but he cast Ken and, uh, that really helped that really sent him on his way. Wow. Uh, and then he had that huge part in the hangover and all that, and that, that kind of changed everything. Well, seriously, that's an amazing story. And I hope to one day hear it for myself. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I'll recommend him to it. I appreciate that, man. I, yeah. I thank you. But today it's about you, Joel, and your story. It is. And it really is. It's all it about is. you, my friend. All about yes, you. Yes. Finally. So we're gonna we're gonna unbox your story a little bit. <laughs> Let's do it. So I normally do a formal, uh, hopefully, and I'm, I'm not gonna butcher it. Introduction uh, of pretty much I got this from IMDb. So if anything is Sweet. wrong. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be, but let's see what happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll work through it together. So, Great. All right. Let her rip. Okay. You were born in Rome, Italy. Is that correct? Correct. Far out. Growing up in Rome, Italy, that would have been an experience. I did not grow up there. You were just born there. Wait, are you doing this? Is this the whole intro? This is the whole intro. This is the fun of it. Oh, you just get <laughs> to one line? Oh, right. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, I was born there, but, but I didn't uh, I didn't reside there for very long. I think for like two and a half years. So, um, But your uh, heritage is Canadian, correct? No, I'm full Italian, my friend, as you can see. Uh, I am half Canadian, half American. Uh, my mom is full on Canadian and my dad is American. He's from Chicago. My mom's That's from... Uh, Vancouver, BC. And she's of Irish is, descent? My dad is Irish. He's all, he's every, he's basically, they had the most boring uh, 23andMe ever. They took the uh, DNA test and uh, my mom is, I mean, there's a little bit of everything in there, but but it's basically just Norwegian and Irish is oh. as white as it can get. And uh, when they got the results back, they were like, yep, that's what we <laughs> thought. No surprises. <laughs> At all. And uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. And so they, yeah. So they, my dad, uh, my mom's family moved from Vancouver, BC to Rome because my grandfather had a job at the UN working in their fisheries department. Wow. And he helped stimulate fish populations around the world. That was his, his job, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and then my dad was uh, from Chicago and he wanted to get out of Chicago and he chose Rome after he saw the movie Roman Holiday in high school and and he said, that's where I'm going and he figured it out. And so he was the Dean of Students at Loyola University Rome Center, which is there today in Rome uh, as we speak. Yeah, I don't know if it's happening now with the pandemic, but uh, but they they had, they were in, the, in Rome in the swing in 60s. It was, they said it was, as cool and wonderful a time as, as you could have. I can imagine. Pretty cool. But you also, you were, you raised in Seattle, Washington and graduated uh -huh. from Mercer Island High School. You were a history major at the University of Washington. All wow. correct. That I makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that all, that all is correct. Yeah. And uh, you were. Mercer Island is a suburb of Seattle. Wow. Cool. It's like the Palms. 
like the ponds, <laughs> very posh. <laughs> so you were also a member of the championship football team. In addition, Joel, you received your master's of fine arts from- The football is somewhat correct. I was not on the 91 team. I was on the 92, 93 teams. Okay. Or the 90, yeah. I quit right before the 93 season. <laughs> wow. I guess we'll get into all that as well. Uh, but you went into the fine arts from UW's acting training program. You I took some time off and I was on a, I was on a, I did a lot of acting in between that, in between undergraduate and graduate school. Yeah. I was on a television show in a local show in Seattle. Okay. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious to know, we'll get into why you decided to choose acting and why you had that break. In a acting month. chose me, my friend. Oh, it was a calling. Everybody says. And I, I, I heard the calling and, and went for it. See? <laughs> so... You were a cast member on King TV's Almost Live in 1984. That's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Moved uh, to LA after graduating college and quickly landed parts in Will and Grace in 1988. Yeah. Uh, that was, no, that was 2000. 2000. Okay. I was uh, four years old then. So <laughs> it's a small I got world. married in 96. So there you go. You got married in 96. That's when I was born. Oh, wow. What, what month? I? Oh, July. This month. Uh, bugger. You could have got married in August. Uh, bugger. You couldn't even been our flower boy. Your mom uh, would have just been very pregnant at our wedding. Yeah, that would have been cool though. How old your mom? <laughs> Uh, I think she's 54, 55. I apologize no, no, no. if I got okay. that wrong. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. I have no idea. No, I'm 48, so yeah, I'm catching done. up to her. She doesn't look her age, though. She looks quite young. Nice. You also, that means you'll look young. That's great. I'm 23 at the moment, so yeah. a lot of people actually say that I look 30 and act 30. Well, the, so, this whole thing does, the, does yeah. it. <laughs> but when I shave it off, it's like I look like a kid. But anyway, you look like a boy, yeah. Yeah, you were all in Oliver Bean in two thousand and three, I believe. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you really are going down the uh, going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that was. I can't believe that's even on the IMDb. I mean, I, I don't. I think I don't even know if I had a line. Uh, yeah, were, that was. Were you credited that, or uncredited? Now, I'm sure I got a credit. If it's in IMDb, usually it would say uncredited or credited. Mm. Um, yeah, that was like, a, that was, I was friends with the casting director and my wife and I know, knew her from yoga class and she was like, will you come do this little part? And I was like, yes, I need the work. And uh, yeah, that was before I could find an agent. Wow. But you also, yeah. did you find an agent when you were in Spider-Man 2? I did not have an agent then. Far out. And you still. Um, I had a really nice man named Jason Burns who was an agent. And he basically said, I, you don't have enough uh, credits or heat under you for me to be able to represent you at my agency. But what I will do is send you out without my agency's knowledge, which was, is called hip pocketing. Right. And, uh, and I thought at the time, you know, oh, well, that was great. I couldn't get an agent, uh, but I. I did have a commercial agent called AKA and um, they are around today and they are fantastic. And they, uh, they kept me in business for a long time, but I could not get a real agent. And it wasn't, it wasn't until the soup that I got, that I actually got an agent. I got an agent after I got the soup. Wow. So 
you're in the soup on E, which is uh, basically you encountered the most absurd, hysterical, wacky, and surreal moments in the world yeah. of reality TV, which I actually watched. You did. Uh, There's a lot of dirty jokes. So, oh, uh, yeah, too many. But it was funny. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you got to star in, this is where I know you the most from, Community in 2009. Right. Uh, yeah. You did alongside of Matt Damon in Steven Soderbergh's comedic thriller, The Informant. In 2009, you hosted. Yeah, I had a part in that movie. I wasn't alone. Yes, at some points I was standing alongside of him, but yes. (laughs) It still counts. (laughs) Still counts as alongside. You hosted the 2011 Independent Spirit Awards and co-starred in Robert Rodriguez's Spy Kids 4, which I haven't seen. Uh, How dare you? How dare you not do your research, Jay? Uh, Tell me about it. I've seen Spy Kids 1, if that helps, but not the one that you're actually in. Come on, I'm not in that. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go back and watch it now. Yeah, go back and watch it. Yeah. No, uh, yes, all that's true. That's all true. And you starred opposite Jessica Alba? Yeah, no, yeah, Jessica Alba. She's lovely. Ugly, very ugly, but lovely. (laughs) I hope she's not listening to this. But no, she's you counting also appeared in so many other movies as well. I guess I could continue speaking about all the No, no. Yeah, in. people can look it. Look it up, folks. Look it up. I don't want to waste too much of your time. But John, you're not help. wasting my time, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I love I love people in Australia that uh, broadcast from their homes with uh, treadmills behind them. That's my mom's treadmill. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is there a chance she's going to come in and work out during this? If you want. <laughs> like, mom, get out of here. Come, come in here and, and do a workout. <laughs> Great. But um, she's fit. She's really fit, actually, surprisingly. Yeah, I, uh, I, I will be working out after this. Gotta, yeah, I got to keep old age away as, as quickly as I can, as much as I can. I've been up since 3 a.m. I did a workout this morning. At no way. You 3 a.m. Why? What time did you go to bed? Uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock. Damn, look at you. You are serious. You are not messing around. I'm, I'm crazy, but I do a lot of interviews around the early stages because of the time zone differences, which oh, very cool. you got to do where you got to do, my friend. And nice. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate your, your time. I have one question that I love asking people before we dive into your backstory and the fucked aspect, which is what does success look like to you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no. Well, boy, it's hard to, I, uh, well, I will say mentally, I will say there's always in the back of my mind, as I think a lot of actors are, that they always go, I'm getting away with a crime and um, we're just tricking everybody and I'm a fraud uh, because you're, uh, and then, so, there, but then, you have that you real then when you think like if you say that stuff out loud, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess uh, if I've done some stuff, that's good. And so then it's it's a there's a duality there that I have where I'm like, oh, this will be my last job, and then I go like, oh wait, I have a three car garage, so I somehow something worked out. So I definitely, I definitely own some cars that I'm not that you know I'm not they're not the, when the lease is up, they're not going to drag them away. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, so I'm. Um, that is so success doesn't. I don't know how to 
when I feel good about like a performance, I'll be like, okay, that was good. But that doesn't happen very much. I usually am very self-critical. It's not a good way to be, but, um, but I, I find, so I'm always trying, I'm constantly working, uh, because I'm obsessive compulsive and a workaholic, but, um, so am I, I, there you go. But I find it in, I'll, I'll look on my shelf or something and I'll be, or, or someone will say like, or some, if someone comes up to me and says, Hey, I saw community. I'll be like, Oh, thanks. Uh, the, uh, that's great. I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's how I strangely is my very odd measure. So that's, I guess that's what it looks like mm. as far as acting goes. But as far as personally goes, the measure is that, uh, <laughs> I have a wife who still agrees to be married to me and I have two, uh, beautiful boys and, uh, love them to death. So that part I count as successful and you know, this is like a really cool t-shirt. So that's pretty successful. Yeah, I got a cool t-shirt too. It says, do you even? Do you even? Do you even podcast? Do you even speak? Do you even learn? What do you even you put like? on a t-shirt that says, do you even? Do you even? Yeah. Do you okay. even? So um, the reason why I read out your bio is because you do have quite a lot of things in there that people would perceive on the outside as successful. So I'm always curious about what your standpoint is and what you believe it to be because you've actually experienced a lot of things that other people wouldn't have actually experienced in their life. And what I'm also curious about is the, your own personal life. How did you actually meet your wife? Oh, uh, I was walking home from football practice at college when I was a freshman, which is, I don't know what you call that in Australia four-year college it was the first year and uh my wife was in her fourth year oh, wow. although she was only one year she's not even a, yeah she's one year older than me um which shows you that you know i was i was held back i was told <laughs> i was dumb it was great and uh so i was walking and then my friend our friend kim o'neill was her name at the time um she uh introduced us but uh and i went to high school with kim o'neill and we're still friends with kim and her husband um and that was the first time. And then I didn't see Sarah for like three, two and a half years, three years. And then uh, I, her brother, I was on a movie set that of a movie that I was in that nobody saw. Her brother was a uh, production assistant and her mom was an extra and she was there just hanging out. And uh, we were reintroduced by her brother. And then um, I took, I asked her out. My friend thought, or I asked my friend, should I ask a quick, you know, like, do you think I have a chance? And she was like, you do not have a chance, but you should, but I'll see what happens. And then that slowly, but surely I wore her down into liking me and it all worked out. How long did that take from seeing her? Oh, I'm still her working on it right now. Still. <laughs> that took months. It took like a few months. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I, I pursued her very uh, with great rigor and, uh, uh, and then finally like about by about March, I think she was like, okay, we can date. And, uh, that was kind of how that went. And so, yeah. And that's, yeah, I'm very lucky. She's, she's outstanding. What were, the, what, were very blessed. You, what were the things that you did to actually wear her down though? Like what were the things that you said? 
uh, to her that actually. I just of- burst out crying every time I saw her. And just <laughs> please, please go out with me. Dear God, please. Um, I took her to dinner so many times and uh, yeah, we would just eat and uh which is what you do in america and uh we that's the, that's kind of how i wore her down is by maxing out my credit card of taking her to dinner of money i did not have and uh i just kept spending it and i was like well i'm spending it on the best one so i might as well go all in and try and it and thankfully she agreed worked out yeah i can't believe how long ago that is like we look back on it, we go like, seemed like two days, it seemed like two years ago we got married. And then we're like, oh my gosh, mm. coming up on 24, 23. So, uh, yeah, it's bananas. Mm-hmm. I just, it's so, it's getting, I think this year will be, we will have been sleeping in the same bed longer than we slept in a bed alone. Jeez. Yeah. That's insane to think about. Congratulations, too. Thank you. And it's the same bed. It's really falling apart. apart. It's not the same bed. No, (laughs) I'm fancy. I got a totally new, great bed. What has been one lesson that she has taught you over the years that you hold dear to your heart? Don't be a dick. Uh, Probably. A lesson. Uh, You, let's see, you got to, if you want to, Keep your marriage and keep it going and keep things great, hopefully. You can't ever control really, uh, there's so many things you can't control, but the things you can, like like going, I would say you walk, go all, each day you choose your partner, you choose to be with them, you choose to love them. And the more you do that, like tending a garden, it becomes second nature and your garden grows. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in love. And it's so great. And she's, she agrees to, to be with me. So it's that. So if the, the, you move towards your partner and, and don't go like, oh, well, now we're married and that's that. Uh, it's just the beginning. Mm. So I want to sort of switch up the conversation a little bit and, and dive into... Uh, why you decided to go into acting of all things when like I, I think i mentioned in the beginning that you studied history and you majored in in history so what changed for you that made you want to go mm-hmm. down the road of acting well it wasn't like um i was going to open a history shop uh or become a professor i chose history because i love history and it's, it was a, almost all of the history courses at the University of Washington were lecture courses, as many classes are. Uh, but I'm very good at listening to stuff like that. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible reader. I hate reading. I'm terrible at it. I'm dyslexic. But I'm very good at absorbing information if it's being read out loud to me or said out loud to me. And um, so that was like perfect combination because uh, I was a really bad student, except for in history, because I was genuinely interested. Uh, so it wasn't like I was going down the path of history professor, um, but I wanted to be an actor since I was like a second grader forever, forever and ever and ever. I wanted to be an actor. It's all I ever really, truly, it was either that or play sports. Mm. So I wanted to be on stage or be throwing a ball at something. And, uh, so that's all I was not interested in school. I probably should have never gone to, to regular university. I should have gone to a 
conservatory for acting or something because that's all I ever wanted. And uh, yeah, I think since about then I got like in my brain, I got serious when I was in seventh grade. I was like, I'm doing this. And of course I did everything but. But I, I uh, so it wasn't like a, like a career switch. I was in college because I felt like I needed or I was told I felt I was told I should feel like I need a degree. Uh, and believe me, for those of you listening, all 12 of you, including <laughs> Jay's mom, uh, I go ahead, please go to college. It's a great, wonderful way to discover what you want to do. Uh, so I say I for real, but if you don't, if you know what you want to do and it doesn't necessarily require a degree, then don't do it. Mm. Go, go, go do that thing. I'm in university at the moment. And I'm, I'm 23. So I did my first semester just recently. And I struggled in school. Like it was hard for me to actually get good grades. And I know mm-hmm. like for history as well, same deal. Like I've, I love history. I love learning about the past and how the past impacts our future as well. And that always sort of got me through in a way, the interest level, but also filmmaking. I was, I was known as the filmmaker, like, they nicknamed me DJ underscore director J. That was on my year 12 jersey. Mm. So all I wanted to be was a filmmaker and tell stories from the past, tell meaningful stories to help others, you know, have a, a, a good theme or a good message in there because I was seeing all these movies that didn't really have that real good meaning mm-hmm. or theme in them. I remember the first movie that I watched that actually made me want to be a filmmaker was The Princess Bride. Now I've got amazing movie. You've got romance, action, adventure, comedy. You got everything in the one movie, and I'm like, well, I want to do that. And yeah. it, I was told that not to go to film school, not to do this, not to do that, but go down a very difficult road. It took me five years to get to where I am today, and I'm still learning, still growing. And I'm curious as well for you, Joel, when you did the acting program what was the one thing that you loved the most about it? Oh, well, there was a zillion things I loved about it, but, uh, but I hope you're pursuing film now. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is just just one of the things that actually, actually made a movie called dyslexia. So. Oh, great. Well, let's check it out. Inspirational film. I can't wait to see what the title sequence looks like. Um, (laughs) It's pretty cool. No, there wasn't, I mean, in grad school, it was, uh, I love the people. And, uh, it was a very good place. It was like a laboratory to just do acting all the time. And that was incredibly rewarding. Um, and so I look back on it as a very good time to, to learn. It was just a good place to screw up and, and, uh, and really, I mean, I think that's, there's good actors are born good. Some of them and some of them develop. And, uh, I think I'm in the second half of that. Uh, but, uh, no, there wasn't one thing that I was like, ah, that's the key. I was, it was, it was a collective thing. So how do you go about memorizing scripts? Do you read them or do you have someone read them out to you? And then that's how oh, you memorize. I can still read, read, it's just much slower. And I don't have any problem with memorizing. Wow. They're totally different parts of your brain. Mm. Um, I'm pretty dang good at memorizing speeches. 
on the fly or, you know, so, or for auditions and stuff. Um, so that's, it's a whole different, it's, it's just that if I get 120 page script, a per, some people can read that in 40 minutes and it just takes me a couple hours, maybe more. And I just am very reluctant reader. Uh, so, uh, no, but totally different than memorizing. So what's, what's your process like when you actually get the script, you read it and then do you like read the, the story first? Do you focus on your character first? What, what do you go through? Oh, well, it depends. Um, I mean, if I, if you have access to the script, then you definitely want to read that and find out everything you can and have all the clues you can into that person and what you're playing. Um, and then if you only have the script or the sides, then I will, I have a, I usually will call the casting director or, somebody and go like you need to explain everything what's going on here uh and then i you uh i guess you it depends because if it's an audition that has to happen quickly um then you have to memorize it quickly and get it going or as close to as possible mm. um but i guess the process is why is this character speaking out loud why are they in the thing what is their why are you there and what are you trying to do? So if you have like, what are you trying to get? What are you trying to do? And who are you trying to do it to? And all that, then, then you're, then you're beginning to put the train tracks down and make a map. Uh, so, I mean, to varying degrees of success, I'm actually not the greatest auditioner. Uh, but uh, I guess once in a while I am not the greatest, but I can get the part once in a while. But, um, uh, but, yeah, no, it just, you just got to put the time in. That's mm. really it. I think a lot of people think acting is just a thing you do. And that's, I would, I would, that's like just getting in an airplane and just knowing how to fly it. It's just not the same. <laughs> what would you say is the hardest thing about being an actor then? Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the, I, I count all of this as bonus. It's all I ever wanted to do. So whenever I, when I actually got to do it and make money doing it, like I could be solvent and not have to have another job. Mm. I was just thrilled. Uh, I, I, and so I skip to work usually. Uh, the only thing that I would say is difficult is, is, um, sometimes, I mean, there are, there are things that I've been in where the hours are really bananas and, um, you just have to get your proper amount of rest and be ready. You just got to be ready when that, when they say roll. So, uh, that's the only like sleep deprivation, uh, could be, can be a thing. It was a thing on community. Uh, but I knew we were making something good and mm. I knew it was a, the scripts were amazing and the cast was really just out of this world. So I, I, again, let's like, I don't look at it as like, Oh, it's, when I hear actors talk about how hard their days are and how hard their work is, I'm like, don't do it. If it's really that hard, if you're complaining and it's that hard, then you probably are in the wrong business. Mm. So yeah. how did how did um how did the the show community actually come about for you? Well, I was on had been on the soup for about four years. And um I wanted to do the soup because well, it was the show. We didn't even know what the show was going to be. We knew E knew they wanted a show like Talk Soup that had been on in the nineties before your parents had even met, uh, and or in the early nineties, and um, and they it stopped at around two thousand. They brought it back, and they didn't know really how they wanted it to work. And so instead of it being daily, we made it once a week, and and they brought me in. I mean, I auditioned for it, and. 
uh, after a very lengthy, uh, you know, a time, a lengthy audition process, not because they were auditioning so many people, just because they weren't any, in any hurry, it happened. And so we got on TV, which is a hard thing to do in itself. If, when you really look at it. And, um, and then I knew that if I could get auditions out of this soup thing, which I don't know how long it was going to last, uh, then I could get into these. Cause I was only auditioning for like the best friend or a small character. And I was like, I want to audition for the leads. And, uh, so with the, soup being on the air and actually a couple people watching it, I started getting those auditions and I booked a couple of leads. I booked a one lead, a big lead, uh, which was never made it anywhere. All, well, almost made it, but then it didn't go. And then, so then I was on, then you get put on basically a list where they're like, this person is capable of being the lead in a television series. We think, <laughs> And, uh, so the, the, it's crazy because I'll talk to casting directors and be like, there's no one available. I can't get anyone to be, there's just, we're not gonna be able to cast this show. And there's so many actors out there. And, uh, but it really shows you that it is a difficult business. Anyway, um, Dan Harmon, I was, I, so I was being sent a zillion scripts. It was when people were just beginning to learn about the soup and me. And, uh, so it, when that happens, you get this little heat under you. Uh, and then people start being interested. It's very bizarre and thing, you know, it's a very weird feeling and great because people are like, oh, finally, uh, <laughs> finally. Uh, and then it was one of many scripts and, but boy, it was such a good pilot script. It was the best pilot script. I've, one of very few where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a show. Oh yeah. And Dan Harmon is a genius and the Russo brothers are geniuses. And Dan wrote this amazing script and, um, it was one of the first scripts that I'm like, oh, I want this badly. Because a lot of the time you put yourself out there and you're like, who knows? Who knows how many other people they're interested in, who they really want, who the network wants, who the studio wants, who the writer wants, who the, you know, all that crap. But I was like, I'm going to go for this very diligently. And uh, Dan Harmon's girlfriend at the time, her name was Erin Hill. She saw, she watched The Soup and they were like, that guy is your Jeff Winger. And, um, so they brought me in and, and it worked, uh, very strangely and shockingly at all. It worked. So I got very lucky and blessed. And, you know, I, you always hear about like, and eh, that was your big break. You got so lucky. And, and you hear, when you hear actors being like, when I hear that as if some person was just strolling down the street and being like, you're the one that's not how it works at all. Mm-hmm. Usually when someone gets their big break, they've been working steadily for years, trying, you know, doing all sorts of other things in acting. And then they finally get one that works. So you look at Brian Cranston, who was the dad on Malcolm in the Middle. And then he gets Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad was not a hit in the beginning. And, um, and all the reviews were really snarky. Like, I don't even think I need to watch, watch the dad from Malcolm in the Middle uh, make methamphetamine. I don't think so. And then they just all fucking change their tunes. And so anyway, that's, that's how I got it. That was the longest explanation ever. Did you but have I included any- a lot of other information? I'd like to point that out. No, it's great. Like this is a story box. So as many stories as you can share, the better it is. In a box. In a box. I'm a, I'll I'm end with the word box on every story and box. <laughs> Go ahead. So did you have any, so I got two questions coming from that. So the first one is, did you have any fears when you first started that you weren't going to quite make it or break it in to acting? And my next question after that is, 
with community, you have a specific moment or a specific story that you can share that you remember the most? Oh, well, let's see. When would they have fear? You have to have some confidence that something's going to work when you get here to LA. Uh, cause if you don't, then you won't. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't think I was a person that was strutting around going like, I'm going to be, uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to be the next Ginger Rogers. Uh, but I, I didn't, yeah, you just kind of go, I, I don't know. It's for me, you have to be confident, but also realistic. And so my, I get my wife and I said, just give me five years to try to make it work. And if it doesn't work, we'll just go back to Seattle and I'll find a real job. Mm. And it, four years in, it started really working. I mean, as far as like I was making money at the thing I was trying to do. And so uh, I, the fear of, I didn't have any fear of like, oh no, I'm not going to make, I don't, I didn't have that. But every actor, I think most people, unless you're a narcissist or like, you know, you have self doubt about things. I think it's very healthy to have some of that. Uh, and then as far as community, I mean, there's a zillion stories. That's like saying, pick out one specific moment in the last five years with your family that stands out that so that you know we had we it was the best of times it was really it was a crazy time but it was really great and um i count myself as and again insanely blessed that i got to do it but um you know, the first shooting the pilot was thrilling because I was like, oh, I get to be in this pilot and I get to be, I'm, I get to give this wonderful speech at the end and I hope it works. And so that's all, that's really, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I can, there's a zillion stories of me. I mean, all those people are my friends for life and we are on a text chain every day, practically. I mean, we text probably a couple few times a week and uh, like the cast. And so uh, I, af after the table read we did, uh, over zoom a month and a half ago, I, I was, I, I just realized how much I love them and miss them. And it was such a good time. It was such a kind of like this cool six years of our lives where we all got to be together. And now you've started this, uh, podcast as well with Ken called the darkest timeline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of as well. It's absolutely hilarious. So if anyone hasn't listened to it or seen it, go check it out. Look it up. We, we interviewed, we just dropped one today with Whoopi Goldberg and talked about oh, her. Oh, no way. Uh, she talked about her, uh, like her, when she was young and trying to make it as an actor and her mm -hmm. very interesting journey and how, when she popped, it was, it was so cool and so remarkable. And she, she was ready for that moment. And she's incredible. She's, yeah. She's the real deal. Just mm -hmm. And she's so kind. I, she's a great example of, you know, like a person that's good. Like, oh, this is what, that's what you should do as a person is be good and be good to people. And she just makes you feel like a million bucks. Wow. Um, I'll go listen to it after we've, we've spoken. Thanks for, thanks for telling me. No but problem. Whose idea was it to actually start it? Was it yours or Ken's? I had... Well, but I mean, it, I had said we should do a podcast at some point and people said you should. And, um, I, both Ken and I were the busiest people on the planet. I mean, Ken is truly, he's probably, he's so busy. It's mm. remarkable. Um, and I was like, we should do this. And then it wasn't until the pandemic hit that we both 
couldn't travel <laughs> and weren't traveling. And I said, we should do this now. And uh, he was, he, I think he thought the exact same thing. I know he did. And so we did and we started it and um, that's kind of how it went. And we, boy, we're like 20 episodes in and uh, we've got like 2 million downloads. So keep on listening guys. Jeez, uh, and I'm, so, I'm one of them. Far out. There you go. That's, that's sort of like the number where I want to be hopefully soon. Like that's, that's incredible. There you go. Yeah. It's really fun. He's great. I'm very lucky to be friends with him. What's, what's Ken taught you about life and about yourself? Uh, that I'm not a doctor. Definitely. <laughs> uh, boy, what has he taught me? Algebra. No, uh, <laughs> Ken is, uh, what's been great is that it's, uh, we want, we wanted to, be both of the same idea for the podcast, which is let's interview people we kind of know, especially, you know, like we started out with all the community cast members, but, um, but like we want it to be a conversation and not just, um, a list of, uh, like a, like a, like so many interviews are pretty short and they kind of check off a few boxes, but we just was like, let's just have a conversation and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of, that's the stuff I, I really, I just like it when it's conversational. So, but so what did I learn from Ken? His work ethic is like no other. I've never seen anybody like him. Yeah, I thought I worked hard and then I'm like, oh, Ken works his ass off. So, uh, and my wife is like, stop working so hard. And I'm like, well, Ken. So, yeah, so we're, we're two uh, very type A uh, workaholic OCD guys, which works well for a, podcast because we put all the time now we do like two two and a half episodes a week wow and how do you manage your time properly like how do you both there's strangely in this pandemic i know that you guys aren't as locked down as we are uh we have fifty three thousand new cases today (laughs) what so yeah it's 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 out of control here um, we, it's hard to manage your time because you're at home and you're like with your family, but you're like, I'm going to go sit in this room now for four hours and on, on a Yeti mic with the headphones. And so, um, that's, it is, it's like, I like, usually I try to work out in the morning, but I stayed up till two 30 last night cause I'm reading stuff and, and I make a deal with myself that I have to be able to watch like 20, 30 minutes of something. So, uh, mm-hmm. usually sometimes I don't have time, but, uh, I'm watching Narcos right now. Oh, and it's seen it yet. oh, it's just great. Damn, it's good. I it that, when, when I watch Narcos, I'm like, oh man, it'd be great to be in something like that. That thing, thing is that just hums along. It's so well done. Anyway, um, then I woke up late. I didn't wake up late, but I got like seven hours of sleep, and then I've been working most of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. I took like my kid and I went running, and we didn't go running. We went and ran out and threw the football, the American football, the only football, and uh, the footy. Uh, the greatest. And so, uh, so that, that was like, after this I'll exercise and then I'm, I'm cooking tacos. Nice. Very nice. I mean, I'm sure you could have a mid afternoon taco if you like. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Who sure. doesn't like, who doesn't like tacos? Far who out. doesn't like tacos? But that's my favorite is that when we go to, cause I used to, well, I was going to New York like 20 times a year. And I'll get these New Yorkers. They're like, you've got to come to this Mexican place. It's the best Mexican food. And I'll be like, well, I live in Los Angeles and there's some pretty damn good Mexican food. So we'll see. We will see. I haven't it's always pretty good. It's just yet, like twice so the price. 
Oh yeah. I can imagine. Like I haven't, I've, I've heard a lot about the American food and I've got a lot of friends of mine over in the States as well, but I've never gone over. I've never time, time to come on over. This year was actually meant to be my year that I actually go over to the States. Uh, but COVID happened and I've gone, Yeah. well, next time. <laughs> next time. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be fine. I don't know by February or something. Who knows? Hopefully because I'm really looking forward to actually going over and experiencing it. Cause like I was saying before, I'm a history nerd. So I like going over to places like uh, Rome, Italy and seeing their history from my, from my eyes, Venice. Uh, I want to go South America as well. I want to go to America, Washington, all these places that I've got mapped out in my head. I want to go see. But yeah. It's good that I'm making these kinds of connections because then I can actually meet people in, in person. There you go. I get the guided tour. <laughs> yes. I will give you a tour of Washington, D.C. Yes. And I get, get it narrated by Joel McHale himself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that's that's right. amazing. I like how we never get, I, I'm, I would be fine with never getting to any questions. Uh, you have to sometimes, of course. Like uh, questions, like, they're more like guiding. They help guide the. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Conversation. Yeah, great. Especially for someone who's 23. Well done. Thanks, man. I have a few more questions if you don't mind as well. No worries. I, I do know someone like yourself does like exercising. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to keep that old age off. Yeah, man. Uh, so what would you say is your greatest achievement and why? Oh, I'm going to do the cliche thing, which is, you know, my family. <laughs> they're great and so lucky that my wife uh that she agreed to be with me and continues to and she's uh just um, ask anybody she's the better half uh, and everyone would agree uh and then i may, i have these two you know boys which is like it's when you have a kid it's like you took your heart out of your chest and you put it in somebody else and then they run around with it and so <laughs> that is by far uh something that i am yeah i'm I don't, I, I mean, I am proud of that. Yeah. I am so lucky. Is it hard to be a dad? Uh, it's great and it's hard and it's easy and it's, but you know, you're right. I mean, they're 15 and 12. So they're getting to a point now where if, you know, you better not have screwed them up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no parenting is hard, but it is the most rewarding thing on the planet. You don't, it's not a hard where you go. I mean, maybe some people do. We're like, well, fuck this. Uh, I, I mean, I, it's, you just see, I just see it as like, uh, I get to be with these guys every day. And now I really do, but I love them so much and it's worth it by a thousand kilometers or whatever you guys measured in. I think yeah, it's great. I just, I, yeah, I, I love it. So I love them and, and I'm very, so that'll be, uh, that'll be pretty cool. Uh, when, uh, I, I, that, if I look back and I go like, Oh yeah, that was good. I, I hopefully was, I, hopefully it was decent, but I, I, that's my yeah greatest achievement that, and I, don't, I, own, I, I own a vintage Toyota Land Cruiser. That's my other vintage. You are that's my other achievement. A vintage. Two. Yes. I have a problem. And that, <laughs> do you drive it often or does it sit there for show? No, I, I have two. One is in storage. And the other one I use all the time. It's got uh, 170,000 miles on it. It's a 1990. Uh, look it up. Look it up. Uh, you'll, uh, you can look it up afterwards. But um, yeah, I love that. I love vintage 
SUVs. I don't know what the hell happened to me, but I also love sports <laughs> cars. I like a lot of stuff. That's just, I just want stuff. It's not great. Not a good way to be. It's not. I can't really complain though, honestly. No, I'm not. Just too much stuff everywhere. <laughs> don't know what to do with it all. <laughs> That's, um, I, I don't have kids myself that I know of, but. Boom. <laughs> I had to say, I saw a funny picture last night, actually. It was of, of these shoes. And the caption was, if your father wore these shoes, you probably got a sibling that you don't know about somewhere. Out, out there. Oh, oh that's cracked, pretty good. Crack me up. Almost fell off. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got to show you the picture. Oh, it's, that's good. It's like Can these you share the photo. I'll. I'll find it for you. Oh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> that's really funny. It, it got me. I was just like, nah, this is this is definitely going up. I have to. I have to share this. So that's funny. That's pretty good. I got a couple more questions for you, Joel. This yeah. one. This one is. Um, I usually ask this at the end. It might oh, be, it might be we go. hard to actually mm-hmm. answer, but give it your best shot. Okay. What does creativity look like or mean for you? Uh, I don't, well, I don't, I, I read this great book called How to Fly a Horse and creativity, uh, our strain of human being that uh, one of the reasons why we pushed up past the others uh, was because we inherently have creativity. It's already in us. It's not something like that's a creative person and that's not. They, we are all that way because our strain of humanity said we were the only ones that would look at a hill and go, I wonder what's on the other side of that. Mm. And then we'd go find out. So it me, I guess what it means to me is that it's already in there. And, um, and you just have to, no matter what you're doing, for me, it was acting and performing. That's all I ever wanted to do, probably because uh, I needed, uh, you know, instant gratification all the time. Uh, I wanted people to clap. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what it means. It means, um, it means for some reason I wanted to do this thing and I get to do it and I don't know why. And I'll just thank God for it. So that's... Uh, Sure, it means something else to something better to other people. Mm. It's a it's a kind of a loaded question, I think. Big one. It's good. Re- it's good. Rel- it's good relative to people, though, like same with success, and I like asking those kinds of questions. It gets some gets people thinking often. There you go. I've, Agreed. I've, one, I've at one point in my life been asked the same question and gone, "Oh crap, I don't I don't know what that means. Let me go figure it out." <laughs> <laughs> um, and let me get back to you, but right. This is, uh, this is more of a legacy question. You sort of touched on it a little bit before. And you've reached the age of 100 and your friends have put together a film of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how they got it. They oh, just no, did. No. And Ken's narrated it. He's done whatever he wants. He's, he's been crazy. And they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Uh, it can just be a lot like, um, I don't know, uh, three men and a baby. Probably. <laughs> I could just show that movie. That's fine. Uh, and I guarantee, cause I talk a lot. So if it's a movie of everything I've ever said, that is going to be very long. One hell of a long movie. Very boring. Uh, cause it's going to be a lot of burping, farting. Yeah. 
Humans. Um, I, uh, hopefully I was uh, nice to people. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully I uh, was kind to a few people. Hopefully that's all I really hope. Yeah, that would be okay. Mm. And they would, you know, drive my Jeeps off into the sunset. Okay. I like that. It's um, yeah. Profound. I think. Yeah. Hopefully my kids like me we'll see. At the, you know, <laughs> You'll know when you get there. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> get it yeah. to a hundred. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So Joel, my, my other question is what is your favorite film, your favorite actor and the last movie that you watched? Uh, let's see. That's a very big question because there's lots of different categories for favorite films and things like that. Mm. Uh, I I always usually say Dr. Strange love or Blade Runner or, uh, old school. Oh, well, yeah, for me still seems recent. Uh, but (laughs) yeah, those are probably my favorites. I mean, those are always in my top. I mean, I love the movie green room. Mm. Um, that's more recent, obviously. And my friend Scott introduced me to this Kurosawa film called Ikuru, which is just as beautiful as anything you've ever seen in your life. Um, so that's a very difficult question to pin down. Um, my boy, my favorite actor, there's, I don't know. Uh, I like anything Samuel L. Jackson does. I think he's one of the greatest, um, it's hard to say, boy, that's definitely, that's definitely a hard one. I don't, I, I, it's because boy, there's so many insane performances out there, uh, of, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I would, yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't nail it down. I mean, Glenn Close is one of the best actors oh, I've okay. ever seen. Yeah. She's, she can do anything, but you know, it's hard. I don't know. <laughs> the last movie I watched, I watched a lot of Bob's burgers with my kids. Uh, that's not a movie. Um, the last movie I watched, I don't know. I'm watching a lot of Narcos. As I said, I cannot, I think, Hmm. Oh, well I watched back to the future three with my kids. They love those movies. That's on my yeah. wall. Oh, there you go. Right there. So I got one, two and three. There you go. We, and I got to meet Michael J. Fox last year and I was, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. That, that would have couldn't been an experience. It's pretty cool. He's super kind. Great. His wife is one lovely, just great. So, um, that is one very cool thing about doing being, you know, in a business that in, in you're working is that you get to meet all these people that are your heroes. Mm. And that, that was, that's been pretty cool. And everyone goes like, don't meet your heroes. And it's like, don't meet about 10% of them because they're dicks, but all the other ones are pretty great. And you're like, oh, it's all worth it. Oh, hundred percent. And this, this conversation I hope has been worth it to you as well. Yeah. Great really, hanging. It's to talk really, about myself. I appreciate just, you, man. Like a true <laughs> Los Angelino. <laughs> I love it. So Joel, thank you Let's so much. Let's do it again sometime. We're going to definitely nice do it time. again. Thank you. You're, say hello to say hello to I don't know. Say hello to that opera house on the bridge. <laughs> I'll climb, I'll climb the bridge for you, and then I'll take a photo, send it to you. Say, Joel, I climbed the bridge for you, mate. <laughs> I already did. I did that. I was like, I just climbed. Wait, I had to pay for this. I had to climb to the top. People like have to work on this thing. They get paid to do it. This is dangerous. Wow, it's really fun. It's really fun up there. So when you when you do end up coming down to Sydney, Australia, as well. 
love to have you. Love to show you around this this All right. as well. I know that I can definitely, you know, work out. So I can see that behind you. So you got we'll, um all the yeah, you got you got the treadmill too. Yeah. <laughs> but, mm. Yeah. So Joel, really appreciate you, man. Your kindness, your generosity doesn't go unnoticed. Thank right you on. So much. Really well, not at all. Well, that's, that was really fun, and I, I hope it gets you three more listeners. I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it'll go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time.